RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. It is fight week here for Valor Fighting Challenge number 62. It goes down this Friday night. By the time you're listening to this, that'll be tomorrow. We'll get ready to wear these guys in. I'm Tim Loy, your host as always. I'm joined by my co-hosts Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins. Guys, it is fight week once again. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Uh, just three-week turnaround. Yeah, man. Uh, ready to get back in there and watch some guys get punched in the face. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Before we get to all that, uh, of course, uh, we've uh, got the full preview tonight. Of course, it is fight week, so it'll be a full preview and picks panel uh, coming up a little bit later. That'll be the main portion of the show. Stay tuned for that. But before uh, we get to that, we've got some housekeeping to do around here. We've got to uh, do a little recapping. Last week, uh, it was UFC 240, Frankie Edgar versus Max Holloway. And um, also Cyborg against Felicia Spencer. Those are the two main fights for that one. This one went down in uh, Canada. Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada was the site for this uh, pay-per-view. I wasn't real high on this card uh, going into it. I didn't think it was pay-per-view worthy. Um, We'll see what you guys think about it as we dive in. We'll start off with the first early prelims here. Uh, We uh, started off with the return of Eric Koch. Making the move up to 170 pounds as a welterweight, he takes unanimous decision over Kyle Stewart. Prove me wrong. I had Kyle Stewart there. thought he'd just be too big. But, uh, man, uh, he just couldn't stay off his back. Eric Cook's wrestling was too much, and both guys were looking pretty gassy there towards the end. They were both pretty pretty tired. Uh, could be a short stay in the UFC for Kyle Stewart, and Eric Cook's going to have to do better than that against guys that can wrestle, my opinion. Uh, Jillian Robertson gets a uh, – a TKO in the second round, uh, elbows adding up on Sarah Frota, uh, who falls to nine and two. Julian Robertson goes to seven and three. Frota was really, really uh, dangerous that first round. I had Robertson and uh, I was uh, I was scared because <laughs> uh, Frota is just so squirmy, just constantly going for stuff. And uh, it, but she finally started to contain her and she started to gas her out some and got her out of there and then uh in probably uh you know one of the best fights of the night um in my opinion ended up getting a fight of the night davison figueredo gets a unanimous decision over alexandre pantoja it was a really good fight we knew it would be uh, i thought pantoja would get it but uh figueredo just too much standing really lit him up but pantoja was was in that fight until about until about the end of the second and then he got dropped, and it, it started going downhill from from there. Uh, let's see. We'll go to uh, Justin first. Thoughts on these uh, first three? Yeah, so I, I thought Eric Koch was way uh, outsized in this one. Um, I, I thought from the beginning that it was going to end up being a bad night for him. He just was, you know, just like you said, his wrestling was a little bit too good. Um, but I guess he, he's just tired of cutting weight, and uh, but I think that's going to end up hurting him. I think 55 is probably a, a better spot for him. I guess we had we talked about it last week, but I, I had forgotten that he had actually fought at 55 in his last two fights, uh, but he lost both of them. Um, I thought Takashi 69's uh, sister was going to come out banging, but she got taken down early, and uh, Robertson, you know, just kind of had her way with her, got her first TKO win, and figured figure air fight was was real good. I mean, that that did the stud. 
um, just super technical. You know, Pantoja was a, a high prospect, and um, I think Figueroa, you know, handled him pretty well in that one. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Figueredo uh, surprised me. I thought Pantoja was going to win that fight, honestly, but uh, I got surprised there. But uh, Timmy asked me earlier if I thought that, this, or, you know, asked us earlier if this was a uh, pay-per-view worthy, you know. Uh, well, at the beginning of the night, I was saying no, but throughout the rest of the duration, I actually enjoyed the card. But this is one of those times when I tried to, like, start my DraftKings out and my bankroll out early. And I took uh, Kyle Stewart just because of the size difference, and I thought that, you know, I thought it was going to be a bad night for, for Eric, too. So, uh, But that kind of started my whole night off bad because I had him in, like, all my drafting lineups thinking he was, like, my lock. But he lost. But then I, I was uh, heavy on the books on Robertson on the next one, so she kind of made my night a little better and then uh, didn't put anything on the Pantoja fight, but uh, would have lost that one. But uh, overall, those first three I enjoyed. Rounding out the prelims, we saw Gavin Tucker get a third-round Renek and Choke submission over Sung Woo Choi, the South Korean. I was on Choi there. I thought he uh, – I, I just wasn't very impressed, you know, ever uh, in anything I've seen so far from Gavin Tucker. And he looked better here. Uh, you know, I thought Choi had his moments. Tucker had a point deducted at one, at one point for the uh, – for an illegal uh, – I think it was a knee to the head on the ground. But, uh, yeah, Gavin Tucker gets the win, moves to 10-1. Uh, Canada's rolling early. Uh, Hakeem Dawadu, uh, a very hyped prospect, moves to 10 and 1 with a head kick uh, knockout of Yoshinori Hori, who is certainly game. The first round, Hori looked really good, but there was a lot of movement involved in his game plan. And he just couldn't keep that up for the whole three rounds. Started the fade, and then uh, Hakeem found him. Uh, and gets a performance bonus himself. Um, and then the night started to turn uh, for the Canadians. The last. Amateur, and not amateur, the last undercard fight, uh, last prelim saw Vivian Arujal move to 8 and 1 with the unanimous decision. Pretty dominant uh, victory over Alexis Davis. The Canadian falls to 19 and 10. And uh, Arujal is, uh, she's a tough one. Yeah, she's a hitter. She's uh, she's going to be a handful for, for a few people, I think. They're going to try to build her. Uh, we'll go to you, Greg, first. Your thoughts on uh, the second half of the prelims? Uh, I went heavy on the uh, Tucker fight, but other than that, the uh, the odds for Akeem were too high. And uh, but you but but entertaining fight nevertheless. It was uh, as far as the uh, the Alexis Davis and Vivian fight. Uh, I enjoyed that one right there too. And she is, yeah, she's a killer. Yeah, she's a she's built too. That girl is a she's stout. I mean, she really is. She's built like a damn. I mean, she doesn't look like she had enough fat on her, and she's she's just shredded from head to toe. And she she hits like a man too. She's mean as hell. But uh, yeah, like from so far from beginning to end, it, it, from beginning to where we where we are now, this is all this whole part was pretty decent. Uh, Justin, uh, yeah, Hakeem Dawadu, you know, I thought got his first knockout um, in the UFC. <clears throat> he, he came in as as a big hitter and um, just hasn't hasn't gotten to show it yet. But uh, he got dropped in the first round, you know, and kind of had to fight through a little bit of adversity and show that he could come back. Um, but, but like you said, Hori was game and, you know, he'll, he'll get another fight or two for sure. Um, Alexis Davis, I'm never too high on. Um, I think she's probably uh, almost done. I mean, the, the women's division is, is pretty thin, but um, she's one of those that's, I think she's probably on, on the cusp of, of being out of there. 
And of course, that brings us to the main card, the pay-per-view portion of the card. Starts off with middleweights, a fight that I wasn't too excited for, and uh, I didn't. I don't think I missed anything. I, as uh, I took a little break uh, for this part of the card and came back, and I don't think I I really uh, you know regret it. Uh, Christoph Jotko moves to twenty-one and four uh, with a split decision win over the Canadian Mark Andre Barrio, who falls to eleven and three. It was a grinder, as uh, expected from Jocko Barrio. You know, he needed he had some opportunities, I guess, to land some big shots. He just, you know, he didn't press the action enough when he had his moments. Uh, Jocko goes to 21-4. Uh, Armand Sukarian uh, gets a unanimous decision over OAM Olivier Aubin Mercier. And, uh, man, that was, um, you know, I think that's three in a row now for OAM uh, losses, although this uh, Armand Sarukian, he is uh, he's going to he's going to be good. He's only like 22 years old and now he's 14 and two. And uh, he's a guy they're probably going to try to build. Uh, and then in the feature bout, it was Jeff Neal with a second round TKO ground and pound over Nico Price, who had his moments. Uh, you know, that was that was probably that was a fun fight, as, as expected. Those guys really scrapped it out. And um, at the last like on the podcast, I was high on Nico Price as an underdog. But at the last minute, I had a change of heart and felt real, real good about Jeff Neal. And uh, we missed uh, the under, uh, Greg and I. We went on the under one and a half here uh, and missed it by nine freaking seconds. Uh, he was pounding on him, and they just waited nine seconds too late for us to be a winner. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on the uh, opening portion of the pay-per-view? Uh, Jeff Neal and and uh, Nico Price was, was a fun fight. It wasn't the, necessarily the fight that Jeff Neal needed to fight. You know, he, Nico kind of pulled him into that brawl, but – <clears throat> um, you know, he, he he prevailed. There was a nasty headbutt in the first round. They kind of both landed left hooks and um, butted heads as they were going in. And uh, I think uh, Jeff Neal might have been out for for a split second, but, but um, he was able to to keep fighting. Um, Mercier, man, that was a tough loss for him at home. Um, being is that three, maybe even be four in a row. Uh, but you know, he's he's got some some work to do. Um, and then another another boring Jocko fight there. Uh, Greg? Yeah, I, I had to call you on the – we were making that bet. I uh, called you during that Jocko fight because I wasn't interested in it at all. We kind of knew who was going to win that fight a little. I mean, but, uh, uh, yeah, Mercier, he I, – I, I was fading him in this fight, actually, but I couldn't bring myself to actually put any money against him. Uh, uh, Nico Price, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't he just got knocked out like this, you know, nine, ten seconds sooner? I, you know, I mean, but uh, yeah, Jeff Neal was a hammer in that fight. But uh, yeah, still uh, same though, like we were talking about as far as pay per view worthy up to this point. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. It lived up to what it was promoted for. You know, I, you know, a lot of people didn't know a whole lot about this card, and uh, I think they uh, turned a bunch of heads here. Co-main event: Cyborg. 145 pounds uh, featherweight bout against Felicia Spencer, who came into this undefeated. Very heavy underdog here was Felicia Spencer. Uh, uh, she was 7-0, and she was game, man. Uh, she she gave uh, Cyborg all she wanted. She cut her open in the first round, and she showed a really good chin because Cyborg hit her with everything, and she just wouldn't go away. Uh, she I only really saw her got, get like hurt like one time. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, so props to Felicia Spencer for hanging in there all the rounds, but ultimately it was, uh, Chris Cyborg that got the win. 
uh, unanimous decision there. A uh, big win for her as she comes to probably, uh, from what I'm hearing, renegotiation time uh, with the UFC. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on this co-main event? Um, you know, I, I was super surprised with, with the durability of, of Felicia Spencer. Cyborg hit her with some huge shots, and she kept coming forward, you know, and she threw a, an odd, like a superman, superwoman elbow. Um, and split Cyborg open. That's the first time Cyborg's been cut, and that thing was nasty. She had several stitches uh, closing it up, um, but still pretty pretty easy fight for her. I mean, I think she, you know, wasn't there wasn't uh, any time that you thought Felicia Spencer was going to give her any trouble. The commentary was a little a little uh, odd for on that one. I, I think they were kind of uh, I don't know, kind of hyping Felicia Spencer up during the fight more than I think she deserved. Um, but yeah, Cyborg's contract's over and, uh, she, she says she wants the Amanda Nunes rematch, but she just wants a one fight deal. So I don't see how, how they would possibly do that. Um, so I, don't know, I think she has like three months, uh, to wait out until she can talk to anybody else. But, um, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Greg, uh, Felicia Spencer made Cyborg bleed her own blood. Uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I was the only thing that, you know, I thought was surprising out of that was that Felicia Spencer, you know, not only did she like go the distance, but I mean, she was fighting hammered tooth and nail the whole time. And, uh, going back to Chris Cyborg, she's, you know, going to be a free agent or anything. She just, you know, that whatever she's trying to say today about Dana White saying that, you know, you know, making that comment about how she looked like, um, uh, who went Vanderlei Silva in a dress? Like she got, I guess, got her feelings hurt, and you know her family, like her mom's been like, like I don't know, harassed by it, and her kids have been picked on because of it. So she's like wanting an apology from Dana White before she even considers signing uh, with the UFC again. Blah 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 blah. But uh, yeah, everybody's gonna want her. Any anybody's gonna want her. So I mean, wherever and wherever she goes, she's gonna get paid too. So because uh, she's an attraction, she's a spectacle. So. Uh, but uh, one thing I don't understand, I'll go back to this pay-per-view because I'm going back to every time, is uh, I wish they would put the fights that are uh, more exciting, like the uh, Figueredo and Pantoja fight. That should have been in place of, uh, you know, the Jocko fight, I think, even, you know. But I, uh, but other than that, uh, I don't know. Don't, I, went, I went too high on this, uh, this co-main and, after it's kind of a an ad thought to me. Just real quick, what do you guys think about that cyborg thing, like with Dana White? I mean, it, like it's kind of funny and whatever, but at the same time, in any other business in any other place in the mm-hmm. world, you could never be a boss and and say something like that. I mean, he did say that you could never say something like that about a person and it just be okay, you know, and like. She's probably not. She's probably not going to resign. I, I mean, honestly, he's not going to apologize to her for it. But there isn't. There's nothing. It's. It's. You know, it kind of just shows how they the UFC has a monopoly at the top because there isn't. There is no. You know, who does he answer to in this situation? I guess I think it's. It's kind of awkward. I don't know. I heard her on Ariel Hawani and she was talking about uh, him and Joe Rogan saying she had a deke and a penis. Oh wow! You know? And uh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, she said she said that Rogan came up and apologized to her like in her ear before he interviewed her, and I don't know. I, I didn't hear. I, I've heard him. I've heard Rogan joke about it and stuff a little bit, and I've heard the Dana White comment. But um, 
I don't know. It's just to me, it's not a big deal. I guess I, I think it's kind of funny, but it's just interesting that you know that's in. There's no other business in the world that you can do that as as the president and it just be okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you were in the yeah, NFL, if you were in the NFL and you owned a, a team and you talked about uh, an athlete like that, you you would lose your team. Exactly. I mean, if, if you if you if you owned a, a, a WNBA team and you said, "Man, this this girl I got on my team, she looks like." you know, Shaq with a dress on, she looks like she's got a dick. You'd probably yeah. lose your team for that, right? You know, the actual comment that Joe Rogan made was that, uh, and that I think it was Todd or some guy that they were, that some comedian that would roast, they said he could roast her before she stepped on the scale or something like that. And he could, and then Joe Rogan was like, yeah, this is the only person that's ever had to cut off their dick to make weight. So, like, you know, she <laughs> was offended by that. Very rightfully, so she should have been, you know. But, yeah. uh uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's highlighting something that just is really relevant to whatever to everybody else except for Chris Cyborg. Which, and you know, in this case, you know, she does deserve an apology because it's yeah, like you said, at any work base or anywhere else in this world, that's it, it, discrimination. It's it's sexist. It's this. It's that. But and you know what? I mean, I don't think that Dana White meant it in any kind of like uh, you know. I don't think he was trying to be ugly towards her. He was saying like, yeah, this bitch, this broad's like this. Yeah, you step up to her, you know, if you want to. That's, I think that's the kind of point he was trying to make. And, you know, the media, the backlash, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I get that. I just feel like it it almost just speaks to where it is as a business and, and how it is for the, you know, they're not oh, – yeah. one of the things that she said is, you know, that they're not employees, but they can't be their own brand at the same time. So it's like, you know, it, it kind of goes along with not, you know, not having health care and – you know, a bun- bunch of other things that maybe a fighters union or something could could help alleviate. But I don't know. I think it's highlighting a, an issue just of of lack of um, uh, lack of you know uh, accountability Profe- at the top. Professionalism, yeah, professional accountability is not there. Yeah, I can't disagree with you guys. At the end of the day, it's uh, it's kind of telling that it, it, in that it, it shows. Um, where where the UFC stands in his own mind, even, you know, that he knows they're at the top. He knows that, you know, these they're pretty much going to get away with that kind of thing until someone uh, gives them a run for their money, which, you know, is, is unlikely anytime soon. So it's kind of a fucked situation, no doubt. Uh, main event, five rounds for the featherweight championship. Max Holloway uh, takes a unanimous decision. Pretty, uh, pretty one sided for the most part over Frankie Edgar. Who falls to twenty three and seven? Max is twenty one and four, and uh, keeps that long streak going at featherweight. Uh, with uh, you know, he, he dropped the fight to Poirier at one fifty five, but man, he's he's been dominant at featherweight. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on this main event? I mean, if I ever wanted to watch a good clean fight over again, I would just watch that fight. It uh, as far as excitement goes, I mean, you love both guys. You love Max Holloway, love Frank Yeager. You really don't want to watch him fight because you kind of know what the outcome is going to be. There's just an element of surprise that Frank Yeager might get him on the ground, but it's just, uh, it's just a, uh, it was just, you know, kept going over and over again. I, I didn't really even, I don't think, I think I kind of faded off to that fight actually, but um, uh, still though, I mean, the, for, as far as name recognition goes, you got Frank Yeager under your belt now, Max Holloway does, and, uh, you know, defended his belt again. Uh, uh, who does he fight next? Like, I'm excited to see what he's got coming it's up. It's Volkanovski the way they're talking. Well, bring him on. 
Justin, your thoughts on uh, this this main event? Max Holloway uh, take, takes the win. I, I was pretty confident he would do it, but uh, until you get it done, you never know against uh, guys this level. Yeah, man, it's wild. Max, you know, looking at the two of them, Max is he's got five or six inches on Frankie. I don't know what what it, what it is exactly, but the reach is only one inch. But watching that fight, I mean, it just the way that he handles the distance and and his you know straight ones and twos. I mean, he, he just he his clean boxing is as good as anybody in the UFC right now, and um, he I mean, he came away pretty much untouched. Um, and you know that's the idea is to to hit that guy and don't let him hit you. And I mean, you know, two of the judges had it forty nine forty six, or one judge had it forty nine forty six, one judge had it forty eight forty seven, and I mean, I. I don't really see an argument for 48-47, maybe 49-46, but I thought it was a pretty clean sweep, 50-45. Um, you know, and, and Volkanovski is is kind of just another Frankie Edgar, maybe hits a little harder, um, maybe a little quicker, but I think Max is Max is just too, too versatile. I think he's going to piece him up too. Yeah, I gotta agree. I think uh, I think Max will handle him uh, as well. Uh, Volkanovski's got that nice. Shiny record, which will look good, and they'll promote that, of course. Uh, before we move on to a preview of this week's uh, UFC, biggest winner, biggest loser, uh, Greg. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that real quick. You, uh, biggest winner, uh, I'd have to say, is Figueredo, and biggest loser would have to be, uh, man, I don't know. I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to go with... Uh, uh, probably the hmm, Stewart, I guess, the beginning of the night. Yeah, there's a good chance he's going to uh, be uh, showing the door, I would guess, after this one. Uh, Justin, biggest winner or loser? Uh, biggest winner for me was Robertson, uh, you know, getting a, her first TKO in the UFC uh, there in Canada where she's, she's from. Biggest loser has to be uh, Mercy. I think that, you know, his career's um, in jeopardy at, at this point. For me, I would have to say my biggest winner is Cyborg, actually. I think that, you know, this is one that she really needed to win, uh, especially going into contract negotiations uh, to keep her uh, market value at its at its top uh, value, at its top level, uh, whether it be for Bellator or 1FC or UFC or whoever it may be. Uh, she couldn't afford a loss there. Um, and then I would say uh, biggest loser. Oh man, I like the OAM pick, but I'm just going to go with the Canada fighters all the way around because you know they they, they started off pretty good early, but uh, their main fights all on the pay per view. They didn't win any fights, and if you think about it now, uh, you know they've cut Elias Teodoro. There really isn't just any top uh, Canadian fighters right now off the top of my head uh, for them to rally around. So. Um, that will wrap up our coverage of UFC 240. That's in the books. And now we'll move on to uh, to look forward to this weekend. Of course, in, your, in just a little bit, we're going to preview uh, our main attraction, the Valor Fighting Challenge 62 event, uh, which is going down uh, Friday night at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. You can catch it on Flow Combat. We're going to do a full preview and pitch panel uh, for that here in just a little bit. But uh, before that, we are going to touch – Ever so briefly on the UFC on ESPN 5 card, which is Saturday night. That's going to be August the 3rd, and it is in New Jersey. 
and it's in Newark, Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. Uh, this one is all on ESPN proper. And uh, we start off with uh, the prelims here. Um, let's see, we've got females, Lauren Murphy taking on Mara Romero Barella, Italian uh, uh, fighter there at 125. We've got Matt Danger Schnell in a flyweight battle against Jordan Espinosa. Claudio Silva takes on Cole Williams also there um, in, on the prelims. Uh, let's see, we've also got uh, Antonina Shevchenko. The sister of Valentina Shevchenko, she takes on Lucy Pudilova. Uh, Mickey Gall is on this card. He takes on Salim Tuari. And uh, let's see, also got Hannah Goldie uh, on this card, uh, 5-0 and out of Florida, taking on Miranda Granger. That is the prelims there. Uh, we'll go to Justin first. Anything uh, stick out to you? Yeah, a couple yeah. fights not to miss, I think, are uh, Espinosa and Snell. And that's going to be a war and, um, you know, possibly, um, you know, be a big jump for, for the winner in that fight. Um, Shevchenko fight, you got to watch that one. Um, not sure about this guy, Mickey Gall's fighting. Uh, it's, it's a close close fight on the books. Gall's a plus 105 underdog. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Um, other than that, you kind of kind of hit or miss on the rest of them, you know, could be. Could be sleepers, could be some good fights. You never know. Greg, uh, I was actually pulling through my notes right here, and you guys actually uh, Justin hit both guys that I had. I had actually uh, Matt Schnell on here. I had him. I was going to put him definitely have him on my DraftKings at eight thousand because I think that regardless win or lose, I think he's going to be able to score some points. But I also think that uh, it's a huge mismatch on his part. But I think that uh, he's a lot tougher than he's giving credit for on the books. So. I got him on my DraftKings right there, and then uh, uh, Mickey Gall too. Like I said, I'm not so not so uh, kind of ignorant on the guy he's fighting, but uh, I mean Mickey Gall's a tough, is still a tough cat. He's got a he's got a decent ground game, and he's on the uh, he's on DraftKings thirty nine hundred dollars. So I'm gonna actually have him on my on my uh, on my on my list too on our uh, on our game this weekend. So uh, there's your two free ones right there. Main card on ESPN. Uh, now we get into some some pretty good stuff here. Uh, Woe Kim Silva takes on Nasrat Hakparast, uh, the German fighter there, uh, to start things off. We've also got uh, Darko Stosic, uh, the protege of Mirko Krokop, coming off a loss, taking on Kennedy. Uh, in, oh, man, Kennedy. Nzujuku. Nzujuku. Just Kennedy, but I don't like this guy. I'm not taking Kennedy. I remember last time that I took this guy, and I hated it because he's ooh, he, he's a hard guy to root for out there. Uh, his fight IQ is lacking, uh, and that is a 205-pound uh, fight. Uh, also, Gerald Mearshart, G3, GM3, takes on Trevin Giles. That's a tough one, man. Uh, Giles is really athletic, good wrestling, uh, but Mearshart's very crafty. It's, it's a tough fight for him. It's a tough style matchup, but we'll be rooting for Gerald for sure because he's got them tricks. And if it gets to the ground, there's a good chance he catches submission. Uh, and then, of course, Hot Sauce, Scott Holtzman from right here in Knoxville, uh, makes his return. He's 12-3, uh, and three, taking on the South Korean, the maestro, Dong Hyun Ma. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the undercard for the main card? Uh, Kennedy? Yeah. I- I want I want to fade him just because of what he did last time, and he showed that he's not on he's not on the level. He did, he hasn't. But also, am, uh, I don't really know 
a whole lot about his opponent here, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got a, he's got a few ground and pound wins, but here's the thing: is he's got a couple of uh, submission victories in his in his uh uh there in his little his record book. So I kind of wanna I kind of wanna fake Kennedy on this just because I feel like if it goes to the ground, he's it's over with. But then again, I want to look at the under for that fight whenever they come out. And I, if it was under one and a half rounds, I'd probably take that one and ride it pretty heavy. Uh, anything else we touched on? I don't. I like the Shevchenko fight, but I don't want to put anything on that either. But no, that's the only one that looks interesting to me. Justin. Yeah, Enzakukwu, man, he was uh, disappointing last time. I would have to fade him uh, going forward. Hot Sauce is going to start the nerd bashing out for the night. <laughs> Big favorite in that fight. Um, so look look to see him try to make a statement. Like you said, tough fight for, for Mearshart. Um, but Mearshart, you can never go against him, man. I'm like He can be, you know, look like he's, he's about to go out and the next thing you know, he's slapping a triangle on you or uh, something. So um, that'll be a fun fight to watch no matter what. And then the co-main event and the main event, uh, you know, the, the main attractions, if you will, we've got a, uh, we've got a little blast from the past here. Clay Guida takes on uh, Jim Miller at 155 pounds. Uh, I guess this is kind of like a home fight for Jim Miller. Uh, and then uh, the main event, 170 pounds, welterweight, five rounds, Colby Covington, 14 and one, the ever polarizing Colby Covington takes on Robbie Lawler. Ruthless Robbie is 28 and 13 coming off the loss to Ben Askren. So, uh, you know, this one's a, this is a pretty major fight here. I would say uh, a win for Colby Covington is going to definitely put him into a real big fight next. Uh, we'll start off with Justin. Hashtag no virgins. Uh, I think Colby Covington's might be in for a rude awakening, man. Robbie, you know, he lost that Ooh. last fight, but I don't, I don't think there's much you can take away from that. Robbie's wrestling is, is, is as good as they get in MMA and, you know, nobody's picked up Ben Askren and dumped him on his head before either. Um, so, I don't know, Ben, I, I think that, you know, the striking is not going to be anywhere close. Robbie's, you know, hands and hands and feet above Covington. Um, so it's just going to come down to if Covington can get the takedown or not. And, you know, Lawler's, Lawler's takedown defense speaks for itself up to this point. I don't know. Colby's been able to do it to everybody else, but... Um, we'll see. I'm not sure about why this uh, Guida and Miller fight is a co-main event on any card ever, um, <laughs> but but uh, it's it's a tough one. Um, I don't know, man. That that one. I guess it could be fun. You never know. It's just it's just two two old guys. So it's just kind of irrelevant in in the bigger scheme of things. I guess is is what is the turnoff for it. Uh, um, but. I know Clay's definitely in in the Hall of Fame. Is is Jim Miller in the Hall of Fame too? I don't know about that. I, I not that not to my knowledge, but I bet he very well could be. So. Who who did Diego just go in with? Mm. Diego. It, it was Diego Sanchez and somebody had a fight that they went in. Maybe was maybe that's Clay? that's who it was. It was Clay Guida. Was that it? was that, yeah. I think that's how Clay Guida got in. Oh, okay. So, but Jim Miller will probably be one of those guys that gets in on on a weird wing like that. You know for. Um, Hall of Fame fight or something, but um, probably a grapple-heavy fight in this one, but it'll, it'll be a lot of scrambles. Greg? Uh, I, I'm taking, well, uh, I'm taking Jim Miller, and uh, and this one, I didn't even know it was in his, you know, hometown backyard kind of deal before I even, until you said it, 
But uh, I'm take, I was taking Jim Miller in this, and I was actually going to take him pretty heavy on the bucks. He's minus 179 on mine, and he's 8,900 on DraftKings, and I like him against Clay Boyd in this fight. And uh, I actually was leaning towards Kobe Covington until Justin started pointing out how good Robbie Lawler's shot defense was. And uh, that's a, that's actually a really good a good point. And you're looking at you're looking at Kobe Cavendon. He's minus two twenty five on the books, or you know, have you whatever you use. Uh, I was actually liking him at minus two twenty five, but after that, just that alone, somebody you know, I let you know, hey, you forget, you know, he also slammed Ben Askren on his head, and you know, I think uh, the odds are disrespectful in this one, man. I I think Kobe to be that high is 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 kind of that's well, I think that's this bad like this like bad said, bad call in there. You know, like you said though, Kobe Kevin is always on a he's, he's always running that mouth. He's always on social media, he's always in the public eye, he's always doing this, he's always doing that and you know uh, you know, talking it, you know, it gets you I just that's what it does. I mean, if you're out there in the public eye doing this, doing that, talking shit, letting everybody know, it, you can talk and persuade people to think you know they're they're gonna they're gonna edge you, and that's what's going on. And, and I agree. I think it's very disrespectful on, uh, for Robbie Lawler to be that big of an uh, underdog, former world champion. You know what I'm saying? Like Kobe Covington still walks around with that belt. And that, you know what they say? He he actually formally invited Donald Trump to come to the spot. Yeah, he said he's actually expecting him to come. He said Donald Trump Jr. is gonna be there. Next best thing. Oh, right? is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, as far as co-main event, uh, maybe that seems to me like ought to be one of the, you know, uh, early prelim cards that you could kick off on uh, ESPN, you know, plus or yeah. something. I yeah, don't know. Main, ev- yeah, that's main event, pre- undercard, undercard main event for ESPN would be a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent to when Mickey Gall fought CM Punk, you know, in my opinion, how he got on a pay-per-view card. But, you know, you had all that shit behind a CM Punk back then. That's just, I'm saying, just the spectacle and the name recognition. They just throw up there sometimes like, I don't know, it's just like, oh, shit, we'll just put this right here. It looks good there. Yeah, I mean, that's the only names on the card. There's not another name until you get to them. So even though they're not relevant now, I guess it's still – Still get people to watch. I don't know, but like you say, for for this card, for an ESPN proper card, I feel like that should be, you know, maybe a the the undercard main event, and then your main card should be, you know, maybe like this pay per view we just had. It's a thing that's kind of weak. Well, do you yeah, have when like you put it that way, it, the card is actually, uh, you know, honestly, it is kind of a weak card. It's very much a one fight card at the top as far as uh, relevance goes. Uh, you know, the, the main event is obviously a big fight and it, it matters. But uh, beyond that, it's a lot of uh, a lot of new guys. Uh, there's some there's some notable vets, but there's not a lot of fights that are going to, like, make a difference in the division. You know? yep. Well, that's what, hey, that's what I was going to ask. With that being said, like, wh- like I was going to ask, uh, do you have a lock? Do either one of y'all have like a lock for this week with this car being so one sided? And if, if we all agree on one, I think it might be one fight that we might take. Uh, what, what would your lock be? Scotty. Yeah, I can't fade Scotty honestly. And it's not just because I'm a homer for Scotty. I think it's a stylistically, it's a really good matchup for him in that 
the only way I see him losing is if he somehow gets just kind of outpointed in a kickboxing match where the South Korean guy is able to really use his footwork and get Scott, you know, not where Scott can't like track him down. But I think Scott's much more well-rounded and has a lot more ways to finish. Yeah. yeah, I think Scott will outbox him, and when he decides to grapple, he'll just manhandle him and kind of just throw him around. I think the odds makers are pretty spot on on that one. Yeah, that said, if you want him, you're going to have to pay minus 400, so it's not like it's a great deal or anything. I think yeah. that would be like a good deal is uh, is to essentially pick him odds on this Darko Stosic just because this Kennedy uh, guy is just, man, like he's, I, I, I would take just about anybody over him, especially the even odds. <laughs> Yeah. I was, that's, that's, what, that's the one I thought we were all going to agree on. Cause I was just I'll, I'll go with that one, too. Gonna, yeah, I was like, I think he's either going to knock this guy out, like, super quick, or uh, he's going to get on top of him and just wear him out and get behind him and choke him out. Like, that's kind of, so I was thinking the under for that fight is probably my lock for the lock for the night, whatever it's going to be. The only thing is, it also could be like a, a Derek Lewis and Ngano back in the day, you know, I got – that's 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 the only uh, reason. It, it doesn't make it a lock. For me. Yeah, it doesn't make that. That's the only reason it's not a lock for me is because I don't know enough about Stoic to to know that he's going to come in there with the, you know, with with the the fire. You know what I'm saying? I know that he's going to have to fucking do something because Kennedy's going to come out looking for a fucking head. Like after that, the the performance he put on last time, if he doesn't do something this time, he's out. Like they're they're not going to honor nothing for him. Uh, that was piss poor. I mean, I've seen better people and. An amateur backyard fights, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think that. he knows how. So, that's uh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week. Long. We'll be back next week to wrap all uh, this this uh, UFC on ESPN five action up, and uh, you know, see see how it all shakes out. The main event, I am I'm excited for uh, the rest of it. I can take or leave. Of course, I'll tune in for Scotty, but. Uh, beyond that, I'm uh, I'm whatever. Uh, honestly, uh, that's gonna uh, wrap up our time with Justin, I guess. Here before we move on to our uh, our picks panel and preview for Valor uh, 62, Justin, we appreciate you stopping by. As always, we'll see you this weekend at the fights. We'll talk to you next week here on the Valor Hour, my man. Yeah, boys. See you all on Friday. Have a beer waiting for me. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, it's time for our main portion of the show. It's the VFC 62 Picks Panel. I've got our uh, our Picks Panel as always joining us. Of course, Greg uh, Hopkins in the lead right now. Uh, 13-1 record coming in uh, to this week. Jeff Hobbs, the man on the mic, the voice of valor. He is 10 and three uh, coming in. So three, three points behind. And then the cut man extraordinaire, Marky Four Fingers, Mark Laws, uh, only one behind that at nine and four. So everybody had pretty respectable showings in our first week, uh, which was just three weeks ago. We'll see if we can build on that. We've got, uh, we had, uh, let's see, um, how is it possible for Greg to be 13 and one if the other guys are only like 10 and three? That's a 14 fights, man. There, no, there are, uh, there are 13 fights, I guess. I don't think I gave these other guys their win on one. So it's actually ten and four for Mark and eleven and three. Eleven and three for Jeff. So and then uh-huh. and then Greg has the Greg has the lead still, but it's only by it's only by two and three points instead of three and four points. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, we, of course, this is for the Valor uh, fights uh, coming up this Friday at the Cotton Eye Joe. You can catch it on Flow Combat if you can't be there live, but there's nothing like being there live. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, we'll start things off. We, we, we've got a little a bit of a uh, an odd configuration of the card this time. We're going to go, uh, you know, uh, six amateur fights. Then we're going to put the two pro fights in the middle. Of course, I've, I got to touch on this before we get started. Of course, we lost our freaking main event last week. Uh, Cody Durden and Dre Miley uh, was were scheduled to face off for the uh, first ever uh, Bantamweight Professional Championship. Cody Durden pulled out this week with a rib injury uh, suffered in training. That fight will go down now November the 1st. But uh, unfortunately, it's not going down this weekend. So uh, now uh, the main event will be uh, for the 145 Amateur Strap. Two undefeated guys, five that I was uh, really pumped for regardless, still am pumped for it. Uh, Joe Long and Silas Reynolds will now be the main event. So it's going to be six amateur fights, two pro fights, and we close it out with six more amateur fights. And uh, we'll get started with uh, the Thai kickboxing, as we are apt to do. Uh, we start off 150-pound catchweight. Robert Hall, 1-0 out of one-shot knockout in West Blockton, Alabama, uh, makes his return to the cage after an unsuccessful uh, debut in MMA against Josh Miller a couple shows back. He'll be taking on Devin Garten, 1-0 from the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. Not much known about Mr. Garten. Uh, David Robbins seems high on him, but uh, this will be the first I've seen him. So uh, we'll find out what he brings to the table. We'll start things off with our leader, Jeff Hobbs. I'm the leader. Sweet. Oh, no, you're not the leader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had your name listed first, but you're not the leader. Greg is the leader. That's okay. I'm the leader. I'm the leader. Go ahead. I'll be the leader today. Right, go for it. Who, me? You want me to do it? Greg, now Greg. Yeah, Greg's man. up. Greg. Okay. All right, Greg, you go. I'll let you go, Greg. This is the one where I was going to let y'all know that uh, uh, Devin Garten's actually he's a real tough kid. I have a spar with him a little bit up at American Bees, and the, the kid, like, he's a uh, he's a cardio a cardio freak. He's not going to run out of gas. And uh, I've watched Robert Hall fight uh, in MMA against uh, Josh, uh, Josh Miller and uh, I didn't get to. I don't know if I've got to see him uh, do any 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 tie. So uh, and, you know he's undefeated in tie, and for that matter, I I don't know if I can count him out in this fight. But you know just because of uh, you know being in the being in there and getting to mix it up with Devin, I know that uh, he's actually a pretty crisp uh, crisp fighter and um, his techniques on point. So if uh, Robert Hall doesn't come ready, he's, uh, he, he just better come. You know what I'm saying? He better come hard. Uh, but because uh, Devin, Devin's on a, on a, I think he's uh, looking for bigger and better things right now, other than just his, uh, his two and zero record. Like he's wanting to get up and get out there, make a name for himself. So uh, Devin Garten on this one. Greg Hobbins starts us off with a pick for Devin Garten. Let's move on to uh, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, man, I just can't, I can't go against the, uh, the bees and a, uh, and a tie rules match. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to agree and go uh, with Devin Garden. Uh, was it Garden? Garden. Garten. Yeah. Garten. Garten. Yeah, I'm going with Garden. All right, Mark. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hear great things about Devin, man. I heard he's just a, he's just a savage. He can go for days. So, yeah, Devin Garden for me too. All right, that's a clean sweep there for all three uh, picks panelists for uh, Devin Garten there from American Killer Bees. Uh, moving on to our next bout here. This is also going to be tie rules, advanced tie rules here now. A couple guys with quite a few fights between them. Cam Wallace out of Team Octopus in Atlanta, Georgia. He is 6-3, and three, one knockout. 
Last time we saw Cam uh, was at the Smoky Stadium. He made his MMA debut against uh, a really tough fighter out of American Top Team, and that was a really good fight. It was uh, it went you know deep into the third round, back and forth. Cam very athletic, uh, so uh, he'll be going back to what he knows here a little bit better in uh, Thai rules here. He'll be taking on Chance Keller from the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Trains with Tyler uh, Chrisman and uh, of course uh, Zach Fox and those guys. Uh, uh, there he is five and four with four knockouts and uh man this is two guys uh with nearly 10 fights between them uh on or i'm sorry 10 fights each they both have nine fights each that's pretty experienced uh we'll go reverse order this time we'll start with mark i really like the way that cam wallace kid moves um i didn't know he had such an extensive background in tie fighting but to see his build you you, you can believe that and uh i don't know i just don't think shane Selvers gonna be bringing it up from the uh what is it the league kickboxing academy it, it, is, yeah. it is. It is Lee Kickboxing Academy for uh, Chance Keller. It was Zach Fox in the game? Yes, and I love those guys, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, Cam Wallace on this one. Uh, I'm, okay, will you t- tell me that pick one more time? I'm sorry, Mark. Oh, Cam Wallace. Cam Wallace. Okay, so Mark goes with Cam, and next we go to Jeff Hobbs. Uh, it's really early in this picks for me to be agreeing with the uh, Mark Laws, man. But um, I had also circled uh, Cam Wallace on my card on this one. Okay, so that makes two for Cam Wallace, and we'll uh, round it out with Greg. Remind me on the Pigeon Forge card where Cam Wallace fought was which fight? He was he. They were first. Uh, they okay, were first. That's, what I, that's the kid I thought. Okay, that's that's the kid I was thinking of. Yeah, that that. Uh, He's put together, man. That kid's polished up. I, yeah, like I, like the same thing Mark said. I didn't know he had that Muay Thai background like this. So uh, he's pretty decorated back there, and um, well over a 500 fighter there. And he had a damn good showing as a uh, as an MMA fighter. Like that was it was a hell of a fight. Was, but yeah, I'm about to go with him too. All right, clean sweep. Clean sweep for Cam Wallace. We may owe uh, we may owe Chance Keller an interview next week if he can prove you guys wrong. Uh, moving into our final amateur tie fight, uh, and this one I'm pretty excited for, guys. It is uh, going to be another bantamweight bout. It's a couple guys we've been seeing a lot of lately. Frank T. Frank Tefanasiri makes his tie debut. Uh, we've seen him uh, in MMA a couple times already. He's one and one in MMA. Uh, he's out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He is taking on Jake Phillips, who uh, we've also seen quite a bit of lately. He's two and zero. Oh. Both of those wins coming by knockout, including a big head kick knockout over Nick Ferguson. Uh, his last time out, he is trained by Nala Lechuga at North Georgia High Stand in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, man, if you've seen these guys fight, you know we're going to get a lot of action here. Both these guys are going to be headstrong coming in, and uh, they're athletic and aggressive. And, uh, man, I just think we're going to get a really good war here. Uh, I want to start things off with uh, Jeff Hobbs. Um, I'll have to go Jake Phillips on this one. Um, I like Frankie T. Uh, Fonasari has been one of my favorite people to to watch. Um, I don't know. It seems like he either just wins spectacularly or, or you know, uh, loses quickly. One of the two. You know, I, I just don't know. Uh, he's a great competitor. I don't know if he's there yet. And um, I know Jake Phillips is uh, – uh, he's solid. He's He's proven – uh, himself in tie fight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Phillips. All right, Jeff Hobbs starts us off with Dave Phillips. Next, let's go to Greg Hopkins. 
Oh, man, every time, you know, Frankie gets up there, I always do my little Italian voice. But uh, I think that this time, uh, you know, Frankie's going to have to prove to the family that he can beat Jake Phillips in a Muay Thai fight. <laughs> I think that Jake Phillips, I, you know, I think that, you know, Jake's just well too polished up. Like I said, I got to go down there to high stand and, and train with him for a little bit, you know, and uh, – uh, I never got to I never got to, to spar with him or anything, but uh, I got to see him, and he's a crisp fighter. And uh, Frank and Frankie seems to be more like a brawler and uh, like a uh, like a uh, spur of the moment kind of guy that doesn't really have so much of a plan. But really, again, you know, nobody can have one, you know. And but uh, I will say that uh, Frankie's kind of guy that's uh, you know uh, strategically out of control, and he's that type of fighter. But in this type of fight, you can't be that way. You're gonna to have to be, you know, very patient, and and I think that Jake's just a, uh, it's just a little far superior on them. Now, with that being said, do I think that Frank can go out there and get knocked out? No, I don't know that uh, Jake Phillips gets his third knockout uh, here. I, I don't. I think it's still gonna be a lot closer than than uh, than that. You know, what I'm saying I think that uh, Frank puts up a, a decent fight. Maybe maybe even takes a split. To, uh, maybe Jake. I think Jake wins it split decision. You know, he takes it uh, two to one. So Jake Phillips. Jake Phillips is the pick for Greg Hopkins. That's two that way. Let's uh, finish it off with Mark Laws. You know, I kind of agree with the sentiments of uh, of Jeff Hobbs there. Yes, Frank does go out there and either wins or loses by real quick fashion. But you know, his last fight's been in MMA, and he got he has no ground game, and we've established that. I mean, and even versus Jackson Donovan, who's a very decorated jiu-jitsu kid. He just has nothing on the ground. However, this being more top five, I think Frank T busts his ass. This is a huge step up for Jake Phillips. Jake Phillips has not really fought nobody that, that also has knockout power. Very, very interesting, very interesting take from Mark. And I can, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of like that analysis of all three of them, to tell you the truth. And not saying Jake Phillips can't handle it, but this is a pretty good step up for him as well. Uh, you know, uh, competently speaking to his past two opponents. So I think we're going to get a war here. I think I think we're going to get uh, hopefully three rounds of, of brutal action. Mark Laws goes with Frank T. So it gives us two to one split in favor of Jake Phillips. And uh, moving on to our first MMA bout. Uh, this one's a bit of a mystery. It is welterweights, 170 pounds, two debuts. Jonathan Denty, he is a cohort of Robert Hall, who we talked about earlier from Alabama. That'll be fighting in the first match. Um, out of West Blockton, Alabama, one-shot knockout. He'll be taking on Dominic Muniz, who is a debut from the KMAA. Uh, white belt, um, I, have, I believe they said he's been training for uh, six, seven, eight months. Um, and, and nothing really else to speak of. Uh, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't give you more information than that. Uh, we'll start off with Greg. Uh, the battle of the unknown. Into the abyss of what will happen if it even does. <laughs> if, if it even happens, yeah. I'll preface all this with saying, I'll just go on the record here. I'm having a hard time rounding up all Robert Hall right now. Jonathan Denty is, uh, he is around. He's trying, he is uh, dependent upon Robert Hall for his ride, though. And uh, he is starting to ghost us. And this is one of those big old red flags that we worry about. Now, hopefully, we give him the benefit of the doubt and he'll pop up. And he's had something going on the past few hours where he has a good excuse as to why he's uh, gone off the grid yet remained on Facebook Messenger. Uh, and we will hopefully, uh, you know, have these fights. We're going to pick him just in, in the, uh, the anticipation of, of things working out as they should. Well, 
I'll tell you what, if they don't, we'll make them a milk carton. <laughs> and, uh, holler at them later. So, with that being said, I'm going to go with Munez. Dominic Munez. Yeah. When Greg goes with, with Dominic Munez. Uh, and let's move on to uh, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, like you said, man, this is just a battle of unknowns. And the only thing that I do know is uh, KMAA. So, I'm going with uh, uh, Munez as well. And, uh, you know, Denty, if uh, you pull it out and show me something, I'll get you next time on flip-flop. <laughs> Two to nothing for uh, Dominic. Uh, Mark Laws. I think it's kind of pretentious to have your nickname is one-shot knockout and you've never fucking fought before. That's just me. I, I You know, a little presumptuous. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Dominic. Mooney's as well. Uh, all three panelists uh, predictably uh, predict uh, Dominic Muniz here. Moving on uh, to uh, our next bout, it is going to be uh, this is an interesting one here. A catchweight bout, 160 pounds. Dylan Stout. Been a long time since we've seen Dylan Stout. Independent out of Mountain City. Uh, it's been a couple years, but Dylan, uh, even though he's 0-4, this is a guy that's fought some pretty good competition, and he's never been very easy to put away. Uh, he's gone the distance many times, and, and, and what isn't showing in his 0-4 record is that he has got a winning record in Muay Thai. He is somewhere in the realm, don't quote me on this, but he's somewhere in the realm of like 4-2 and two in kickboxing. Uh, tough guy, uh, good chin, very durable. Uh, he's able to go the rounds, uh, you know, not the most well-versed on the ground. He'll be uh, taking on the debuting Zach Garner out of the Wolves Den Martial Arts Club. I put loud in Tennessee on the bout sheet. They corrected me today. It's actually in Madisonville, Tennessee, so I apologize there. Uh, he is the, the teammate of uh, CJ Talent, who we'll talk about a little bit later. This is the new team, this Wolves Den Martial Arts. Uh, I believe they're, 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 they're based more in a traditional karate-type style, but uh, they do do jiu-jitsu as well. And, um, you know, it'll be uh, great to have them back. You know, we're, we're still uh, learning what they're about. So uh, we've got a guy that's, you know, got quite a bit of experience coming in uh, off of a couple of years layoff against a guy making his debut from from a newer team here. Uh, we'll start off with Mark. Man, Dylan Stout is tough as shit, man. I mean, you hear his name in the streets up here. Now, he's one of those kind of guys. For me, I would four, I mean, he. He's handed out some street ass weapons for sure. I mean, he, he's known. Um, it's good that he's going against another traditional, traditional karate guy. I don't think he's going to have any jiu-jitsu because that's the one thing I do remember about doing is that he has no jiu-jitsu or wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, I'm still thinking doing stuff. I think that uh, first time walk versus a guy that made that walk four times and then six times in kickboxing makes all the, all the difference. And even though I'm thinking an independent, I feel like he gets him done in early. Mark Law starts us off with Dylan Stout. Hey, you got to make some moves here to make up some ground, and this is not one of the ones where uh, I I would uh, I would hate to to have to be on the other side. So it's uh it's it's a it's a well calculated move. I'll give you props. Let's move on to uh, to Jeff Hobbs. Well, um, well, they're both looking for their first win. Um, somebody's O's got to go. Uh, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> How many behind Mark, Emma? I'm one behind Mark, right? No, you're one ahead. You're in the I'm second. one ahead of Mark. Yeah, yeah. Greg's got 13. You've got 11. Mark's got 10. Greg, who are you going to pick? 
I'm just kidding. I'm gonna, I, man, I'm going to go with uh, man, I'm going to go with Stout as well. Yeah, I'm going with Stout as well. All right, Mark uh, and Jeff Hobbs both go with Dylan Stout here. Uh, Greg Hopkins. All right, so you said that Garner is a uh, karate guy. Yeah, but I mean, he's he, they do jujitsu some too over there. He may don't. I, I'm pretty positive, actually. Now I don't know who their jujitsu's under, but I'm pretty sure that their coach told me that he's a blue belt. Uh, well, I'm gonna. Uh, I got the spare room. I'm gonna go with uh, Garner. All right, and Greg goes with Zach Garner here. This could be uh, where we either extend the lead or uh, or we get it, get it closed up. So this will be a, this will be an important one for these guys. Uh, moving on to our final amateur bout before we break for the pros. Uh, this one should be fun. Uh, uh, featherweights. Uh, it'll be uh, the uh, somebody another O must go. We've got two O and one guys. Elijah Gilbertson. Uh, my man, Elijah Gilbertson out of uh, Maryville, Tennessee. He's an independent fighter. He's quite the character. He's uh, we always uh, affectionately refer to him as Elvis Presley on acid. Uh, he's a, he's a tall, rangy guy. He's going to be a big forty-five. Uh, I'll say that because I, I thought that he was a pretty dang big fifty-five. Um, but he's very tall and rangy. Uh, well, in his game, you know, he's coming off of a pretty quick knockout uh, to Tanner Poe a couple months back. Uh, before that, he did a last-minute kickboxing match against Jalen Harper. This time, he's getting the full, the full, uh, you know, notice, you know, to, to prepare for this fight. He'll be taking on Tristan Kelly, who made his debut in Alabama a month or so back. I don't know, maybe a little bit longer than that. He uh, lost a very close decision. He's 0-1, got some wrestling. Greg can give us one more background, most likely, on Tristan. Uh, he's training with Nalo Lechuga and Company at uh, North Georgia High Stand in Dalton, Georgia. And we'll start off with Jeff Hobbs. Uh, I'm going uh, Gilbertson on this one. I like the kid. He's fun. Um, you know, I think this is about where uh, he's not in over his head. So uh, I think we're definitely going to be comparing apples to apples here. Should have a, a, a nice, good, solid, uh, even matchup. And if that's what we've got, then I'm taking the, the flashy, flamboyant Prince Nassim of <laughs> amateur rings. I'm going with Elijah Gilbertson. Hobbs starts us off with Elijah Gilbertson. Next, let's go to Greg Hopkins. Greg, we need to get we need to get some uh, some promo with uh, Elijah at some point. Yeah, I was actually going to holler at uh, Tristan. I was actually going to holler at Tristan. Uh, well, I was going to holler him this week, but uh, we we couldn't get to him. And he, I know he's cutting weight at one forty to go to one forty five. I thought he was fighting one fifty five. Uh, all the way up until these guys just said he was fighting 145, and I was like, oh, wow. And uh, I don't know who Mark's picking here, but I'm going to be a little biased on this and go ahead and tell you all that. Tristan is going to work Elijah, and I like Elijah. I like Gilbertson. He's, I like I like his persona. I like everything about him. He's cool, you know, and, and, and I, I hope to see great things from him. But as far as, a, uh, as, far as this fight goes, Tristan uh, – uh, Elijah's going to have to surprise me and shock me here because I think Tristan wins this five first round. Greg Hopkins uh, goes uh, with uh, the Tristan Kelly. It makes it one-to-one -one going to Mark. Tristan Kelly for me, too. Two-to-one for Tristan Kelly. 
And that brings us to our pro bouts, two pro bouts uh, sandwiched into the middle. We start off at welterweight. Um, this is another interesting one. Billy Two-Tone Combs, uh, another familiar face, 0-4, looking for that first pro win, uh, takes on James Adcock, who is 4-3, coming off of a win over uh, Jeremy Rogers a couple shows back. Now, the interesting thing here is that James Adcock is a bantamweight, and he is coming up three yes. weight classes to welterweight, 170 pounds. I, he doesn't walk uh, near that. Uh, so we've got a big size uh, differential here. Uh, however, James Adcock, of course, training with KMAA there. He's going to be well-trained. I think it'll be a question whether or not Billy can fight a smart fight here and use that size to his advantage uh, or not. Uh, so, uh, you know, Adcock is skilled on the ground, which is where we've seen Billy uh, falter uh, many times. So uh, we'll see what happens here. I know Billy's motivated coming into this to get that first pro win. He really needs it. Uh, let's start things off with uh, – let's start with uh, Mark. Uh, if there's one consistent variable, it's that Billy never fights smart. So <laughs> I feel like he's going to get double-legged and then strangled. And, I mean, that's the best-case scenario, I guess. I like him in his next fight, though, but shit, man. That's my dude, too, man. I love me some Billy Collins, but I, I was in there the other day, and Adcock was just drilling me these double legs, and double leg, and double leg, and he was really giving everybody some trouble, and I feel like Billy's going to be no different. So as much as I hate to, I got to go Adcock. Mark Claus starts us off with James Adcock. Next, let's go to uh, Greg Hopkins. Man, and Billy has been working that sprawl, working his shot defense. Getting his hips back, using his hands, or sliding the chin. You know, if he does what he's got to do, and he can, and he can move around. That'd be ideal. I think he might. I still think that Billy might gas, man. I, I just got to. I mean, Billy's got. You know, he's. He, I still want to see Billy get that first win. I do, but yeah, I got to go with Adcock as well. But I, I think that if Billy can, you know, put that weight on him right at the get go, and before you know, before Adcock can pull guard or anything like that, and it goes to the ground. I think I think he could jump on that neck. I think there's a good chance that Billy might see Billy get his first win. But if I'm putting money, if I'm put if I'm putting money on it, I'm gonna have to go with Adcock on that one. <laughs> Greg Hopkins makes it two to nothing for James Adcock. Jeff Hobbs. Adcock. Adcock is the pick for Jeff Hobbs. It's a clean sweep. Bringing us to our second pro bout, it is pro Muay Thai rules. It'll be their pro debut for both of these gentlemen, but it's two guys that we know from MMA. Uh, Deshaun Middleton out of National Karate MMA, Somerville, South Carolina. That's out near Charleston. Uh, he'll be looking uh, to get back into his wheelhouse. Uh, he's 0-2 in MMA, but he's fought really tough guys. You know, he's gone out there against Arthur Cisse, David Robbins. Uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, more his uh, his specialty, if you will, in the, in the Muay Thai range. He'll be taking on the Asian persuasion, Jason King, another very popular fighter in these parts. Uh, you know, very well versed and experienced in MMA, but this will be his first tie fight. So, uh, you know, he's a very long, tall welterweight. Uh, he's going to have a lot of obvious advantages there when it comes to the the reach. Uh, we'll see if uh, if Deshaun, uh, you know, uh, has enough uh, pop, has enough crack to to, to really test him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think either way, we're going to see a finish. I think somebody's going to get knocked out. Uh, let's start things off with uh, – let's start with Greg. Oh, uh, I'm a Deshaun Mildred fan, and I'm a Jason King fan. I enjoy both of these guys. I've been watching them, watching them both. Jason for a lot longer. And uh, Jason kind of reminds me of old Tommy Lee off of that movie, Best of the Best. And he's got some really crisp, <laughs> like, like taekwondo, 
What is he? He's, is he a karate guy? Is he taekwondo? What's his what's taekwondo. what is his uh his taekwondo was his base? Yeah. But uh yeah, he reminds me of Tommy Lee off the of best of the best. And man, when he when he knocked out Jason Wolf, man, with that that kick, that was just so dirty. And it was so it was just it, I mean, it was highlight real worthy. He got all the cool points that night. That was badass. And uh and Deshaun Milton, you know, that we said that this is his uh this is his backyard, this is what he likes to do, right? Right, Tim? This yeah, guy. yeah. This is this is his specialty. He's, he had several uh, several uh, uh, tie fights as an amateur, and I think he may have some titles. And that's awesome. So I'm a, I'm actually like this is really I'm excited about this one a lot because Jason King's like stepping out of his comfort zone, you know, of, of MMA and Taekwondo, and you know, going to professional Muay Thai, you know, mixing in some some trips and elbows and knees, and I'm, I'm excited for that. And, uh, you know, getting to take on, you know, a guy with a, and his own specialty. So uh, I'm excited for that one. And in the middle of the card, I like that. That's pretty cool. So so you, so your pick was, was which one now? <laughs> oh, it's Jason, Jason, Jason King. Jason King, yeah. got it. So Jason King is the pick, and let's go next to Jeff Hobbs. Um, 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 I will. What's uh Middleton's? Okay, never mind. This is pro debut at in Muay Thai. Yes, both of their pro debuts in Thai. Uh, I don't even know that King had a lot of kickbox. He had some kickboxing matches, I know, but not not a whole lot. I think Middleton had you know ten or so amateurs. Right. Uh, I think it's going to a decision. Uh, if I had to guess, is it three three minute rounds? Yeah. Yeah, three three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to a decision. Um, damn, Greg's way far ahead of us too. He's. I'm going with Middleton. All right, Deshaun Middleton is the pick for Jeff Hobbs. That evens evens us up and go to Mark for the tiebreaker. I guess my question is: Was this was this match posed as an MMA match and Deshaun Middleton didn't want MMA and chose tie and that's why Jason's going to do tie? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, we got late in the game. Uh, Jason, we couldn't get anyone uh, matched up for him uh, MMA that short of notice. Deshaun uh, wanted to take a break from MMA to focus on and try to get a couple tie fights in, so he just kind of lined up. I got you. All right. Uh, I'm going Jason King. I think he has a decision, too. Jason King is the pick for Mark Laws. That makes it two to one in favor of Jason King. Shifting back to the amateurs for the last six, uh, we uh, start things off. When we come back from the break, uh, we will have, uh, let's see, looks like it's uh, middleweights. Oh, another 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 couple characters here. We, we, have, we have middleweights, 185 pounds. The Blue Angel himself, Drew Chornahus. Looking for that first win. He's 0-2, coming out of Maryville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's more jacked than he's ever been. I I, I talked to him today. He's, uh, you know, he's swole up. He's looking good, he says, and he's ready to put on a show, uh, as the Blue Angels always do. Uh, and uh, he'll be taking on the returning bad news, Bubba Cruz. 
Man, it's been a while since we've seen Bubba Cruz. Uh, and now he has joined up with the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, oh, man, you know, Bubba is a guy that was, uh, you know, he's a top contender in the ranks a couple uh, years back. Uh, has taken a couple uh, years off with work and family and all that stuff, getting ready to get to jump back in the saddle. Uh, so we'll have some some cage rust to knock off, though, here. Uh, we'll start off uh, this time with Jeff Hobbs. Uh, it's been a while for Bubba Cruz, man, but, uh, that dude's, uh, he's solid, man. He's put together, um, I don't think ring rust or whatever you want to call it's going to affect Bubba Cruz any, um, if he's come back to fight, you know, he's pretty damn confident in himself. I'm, I'm going Bubba Cruz. Jeff Hobbs starts us off with Bubba, the bad news Cruz. Uh, up next, Mark. There is no amount of ring rest you could throw on Bubba Cruz. <laughs> offense is there's just no way. Uh, we are yet to see any offense out of Drew, uh, Blue Angel, Cornhusk, and I'm being sure to say we're probably not going to see any. And Joey drops to zero and three. I am definitely going back to Bubba Cruz. Glad to say my fucker back. He was awesome. <laughs> Mark Laws makes it two to nothing for Bubba. Bad news, Cruz. Greg Hopkins. Man. Uh, Blue Angel, I picked him twice. He's crashed twice. He's crashed. He's turned <laughs> me twice. He needs to change his nickname from the Blue Angel to the Blue Cross Blue Shield right now because he, uh, he, he's really hurt. He's hurt, hurt my uh, hurt my staff because he set me down two notches. But here's the thing: before I even said all that, I was going to win the fight because bad news about Cruz. I got to train with him a little bit, man, and he uh, he's really tasty. really good fighter. And uh, they said he was moving up the ranks and took a couple of years off for family. He did. He he had he had a couple of children of his own, and he's uh, but he's in the, he's in there working every day. So if we're gonna talk about ring rust, cage rust, any kind of rust, that's bad. It's been knocked off because he's in there working with uh, working with some of the top of Tennessee. You know, David Robbins. You know, I'm I'm working with him. Joseph Long's working with him. He's got Billy Swanson. Uh, he's got all kinds of guys. Uh, and Devin Garten, like I said, he's coming up. He's on this card. You got a lot of guys that are that are that are going to be doing real well. He's also going over to you know Chat Krav Agoki, uh, working with Logan Neal and all them over there at uh, in Sterling over there at uh, Agoki. So Bubba Cruz is a uh, he's on his way. Uh, he'll be winning this uh, this spot here. Clean sweep. A clean sweep for Bubba Bad News Cruz. Now we move on to some that's going to get – It's going. To, these are some pretty tricky ones next. Lightweight bout, another guy that we haven't seen in a minute, L. Burtis, L. Shell Burtis, three and two. Uh, he is uh, formerly uh, from Chattanooga. He, he, he's fought with us several times out of Blaylock's IMB, but he moved to San Jose, California, now training out of Bang Mui Thai, San Jose, California. Uh, flew back here, a little homecoming while he was home. He wanted to uh, get a fight back with, with Valor here before he made his pro debut. Uh, he is a long, tall, rangy, athletic guy. Uh, very good striking. Uh, we'll see if his uh, jiu-jitsu game has has evolved some. But, uh, but yeah, he's an, a tall, athletic, rangy, aggressive guy. He is solid and has been in there with some tough guys. He'll be taking on Parker Wadman, 2-0 out of KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee. We've been seeing a lot of him uh, lately. Uh, he uh, debuted a couple months ago, made quick work of Bud Cook. Uh, saw him a uh, month before last with a uh, uh, unanimous decision over Alan Miller, uh, who uh, tested him a little bit more. But Wadman's wrestling is 
is really good. Uh, you know, so far, you know, Burtis has showed a little more well-roundedness, probably a hair more athletic, but Wadman's wrestling is like the great neutralizer here. So a uh, really hard fight to call, in my opinion. Let's start things off with, uh, let's go to Greg. No, no. <laughs> I didn't want y'all to start off on this because this and I'm uncertain on, because I'm a fan of Parker Wadman, but, uh, but Alberta's a beast, man. Uh, so I'll be flipping in a coin on this spot right here. And, uh, and y'all might get up on me, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Albertus on this. Albertus is the pick for Greg Hopkins. Familiar with both of these guys, you know this is going to be a good fight. Yeah, I do. And I, I, I'm worried about it going to the ground. But uh, even if it does go to the ground, it still could end pretty early for uh, for Wadman if he if he walks into a shot. But I'm not. That's saying that's the only way because I don't know. I'm I'm anxious for this fight. This is a uh, this 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 whole card is awesome, man. Good job, Tim. Uh, everybody, like Val, this whole card is awesome. I hate that I hate that the uh, that the main event fell off, but still, like it it's it still backed up. You know, I mean, this is this whole card is awesome, and this is one of the ones now that I'm going to be guessing on from here on out. So to me, this is the hardest fight on the on the on the card to, to call really with any certainty, just because you just don't you don't know what kind of, a, you know, Bird is maybe a completely different fighter, uh, you know, from the last time we saw him. He's been out there for a I'm while. Not, so I'm, his game may have completely I'm, changed. I'm really basing my pick off of him training at Blaylock because you got to think of the, uh, uh, the company he's with over there with uh, Carter Beekman. He's over there with uh, uh, Corey, Corey Bolden. He's over there with Ian Stevens at Blaylock. He's got. He's got people, you know, he's got people, people with, around him. So I'm just, uh, uh, I, 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 that's one reason why I'm going for him. I know that KMAs is very strong, very competitive, tough gym, and they wouldn't be fighting this guy if they didn't think they could beat him. And uh, but I'm going to say that Albertus wouldn't be fighting, fighting Wadman if he didn't think he could beat him. This is why this is that class of a, uh, you know, one of an, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I don't know. This is an exciting fight, so. One to nothing so far for Albertus. Let's go to Jeff. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes uh, I'm just throwing a name out there just to go against someone else's pick to make up a spot. But I think this is one where, you know, I know I know in some of those other ones that I'm I'm taking a long shot, uh, but maybe trying to gain a spot. This one right here, I, I feel comfortable just throwing one of these names up and feeling good that I've got a fifty-fifty shot. Uh, you know, it, it, that it can go either way. Like, neither one is a long shot to just throw a name out without any reasoning behind it whatsoever. So, uh, based on that theory, I will go with Parker Wadman because Greg didn't pick him. But I'm not doing that with the fear that, oh, my God, this is a long shot pick um, just to gain a spot. I had Greg pick Parker Wadman, I would have went with Albertus and still felt like I had a shot and it wasn't a long shot. So I'm going with Parker Wadman because uh, I think this is a damn close, evenly matched bout, and uh, this one is easy to play um, the chess game with my uh, opponents here with because uh, I don't think either one's a long shot. Mark Laws, he's the tiebreaker. Man, you know, if he was trained anywhere else besides Dwayne Bang Ludwig's camp, you know, I feel like he'd be getting the jiu-jitsu and wrestling looks that he needed to offset Parker Wadman's wrestling. But with him training with Dwayne May Ludwig, who knows? I mean, that is a more guy striking system, and it's uh, it's one of the most efficient ones. Either L's going to knock him out or stun him and then pound him out, or he's going to get wrestled fucked to death 
And shit, I say either one's just as likely. But I got to go with my old boy, El Shelbertus, representing San Jose, California. Albertus is the pick two to one from our panelists. Mark and Greg go with him. Hobbs goes with uh, Parker Wadman. Uh, moving on, uh, another good one here. Uh, this is going to be heavyweight action. Zach Manon, 0 and 2. Uh, he is uh, out of Iron Lock MMA, Pennington Gap, Virginia. He's a, a prison guard up there. Uh, he is making his Valor debut against CJ Talent, 1 and 0 out of the Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville, Tennessee. Uh, made his debut against Chad Finnerty um, as a light heavyweight. No, that may have been a catch. That may have been a catch weight. Now that I think about it, like maybe two fifteen or something. Uh, anyway, uh, he got a first round TKO uh, against Chad Finnerty in his debut. Now he takes on Zach Manon, uh, and uh, a win for Mister Talent here could have him in line for that vacant Valor heavyweight strap that uh, Dale Dodds is waiting on. So uh, we may see uh, some some angles to begin to develop here if uh, talent takes care of business. Uh, we'll start things off this time with uh, Mark. Well, I was talking to Dale Dodds today, and he is really pulling for Mr. CJ Talent to win this fight. Um, he wants him to get out unscathed and get that gold. You know, at the bottom line, you, you can be a prison guard anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Retain can get shows me less less impressive to me. <laughs> CJ Towns always looked good to me, man. I, I, I favor him and I feel like he's experienced so probably gonna get it done. Mark Laws goes with CJ Talent. Up next is Greg. Uh I'm, he was prison guard. He is. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Talent. Talent is the pick for Greg, and we'll wrap it up with uh, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, Hold on. Which one's a prison guard? Manning. Manning. Manning? Manning. Manning is the prison guard, yes. Yeah. Yep. I got to agree then. Talent. Fuck the police. (laughs) All right, it is, uh, it's a clean sweep for CJ Talent to go 2-0 uh, out there with a win over Zach Mann and the heavyweights there. Uh, moving on next, um, we have got our feature bout of the evening, another another interesting one. This is a catch weight, 165 pounds. We've got Carter Beekman, 1-1, one one, uh, now representing Blaylock's IMB in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He had been an independent for his first couple fights. Um, coming off of a loss to what is now his teammate, uh, Emery Norred. Uh, and, he, and he put up a, a valiant effort in that fight. Uh, he beat Aaron Phillips in his debut a year back or so. Uh, he is taking on the hammer of justice, Darren Hastings. The KMA is 2-1. And, one, and uh, Darren is uh, coming off of a, a big win over Drew uh, the Blue Angel Tornos. So uh, we've got a guy coming in off a loss, but has now joined a new team, a uh, new, uh, new uh, breath of fresh air in his training. Uh, and versus a guy that is coming off of, of a, big, a big win where a lot of guys picked against him. Uh, let's start off with, uh, let's start with Hobbs. Um, man, I had, uh, you know, I thought I knew uh, Darren Hastings and picked against him. Uh, or did not choose him, I should say. Not that I picked against him. I didn't choose him. Uh, the last car he was on, and he looked better than I thought he's really ever looked uh, in his last outing. So this isn't as easy pick for me to say, <clears throat> Beekman. Um, 
<laughs> but I'm going to pick Beekman. <laughs> it's not easy pick for me, but I'm going to pick Beekman. Um, All right. Yeah, confident in my pick. Yep, Beekman. So Beekman's the pick for Jeff Hobbs. Let's go next to Mark. Well, I figured the long arm of the law also extends to Mr. Hastings since he's a, a U.S. attorney for the federal government. And, man, I like Darren Hastings a lot, though, dude. And But he's not going to be able to get it down against Carter Beekman. You know, it's like, I feel like he beat Aaron Phillips. Aaron Phillips beats Darren Hastings 100% of the time, too. So, you know, who knew Drew was such, so terrible when, when that last fight took place? Uh, with no offense whatsoever, so who wasn't wrong to, to choose him? We we all went with the Blue Angel just on uh, on hope and prayer, but holy crap, Carter Beekman's gonna get it. All right, so it's two for Carter Beekman going to Greg. Yeah, like we were saying, yeah, like we were saying earlier, you know, fade the prison guard, and uh, I like Darren Hastings, uh, but yeah, he's a, he's an attorney at law as well, so uh, we're gonna have to fade. Fade the man here, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Carter, yeah. assault and battery, Carter, assault and battery, Beekman. So, I'm taking it. <laughs> it is a clean sweep for Carter Beekman. This coming after uh, Darren Hastings proved the panelists wrong last time, and now they've gone against him again. We'll see if he can prove her wrong yeah. again. But that was Drew Tornahus, man. Come on, dude. Come on. Moving on to the co-main event, I'm, I'm really excited for this one, too. It is uh, Lightweights, Logan Neal, 4-4 four and four out of uh, Goji Combatives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He is uh, coming off a win in Alabama where he won a title. Uh, he will be taking on the undefeated Josh Miller, who is dropping down to lightweight for the first time. 4-0 and oh out of KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee, the brother of professional fighter Caleb Miller. Uh, this is a really good fight. This is a uh, this is a step up for Caleb, or sorry for Josh Miller against Logan Neal, and a, a solid test for Logan Neal as well. Obviously, Josh Miller being four and zero. I'm super pumped for this fight. We'll start off with uh, let's go with Mark first. Logan Neal in this one, he, he looked real motivated in Alabama. Uh, came out and got it done. You know, he, he's uh, he finally got a submission victory in the about his jiu-jitsu, so I'm, I'm anxious to see his jiu-jitsu reign supreme again. Logan Neal is the selection. Uh, Jeff Hobbs. Um, well, I'm definitely excited to see a step up in, uh, in composition for Josh Miller. Um, been waiting for this, and uh, never mind. Take that back. Scratch that. Erase it. I'm thinking Caleb Miller. I'm ready to see a step up in competition for Caleb Miller. Um... um this is his brother, Josh. I like Josh Miller, though, man. I'm going to go with Josh Miller on this one. All right, Josh uh, Miller is the selection for Jeff Hobbs. That makes it one apiece to, to Greg. Uh, I like Josh Miller a lot. He's 4-0 and for a reason. He's a tough cat. And uh, here's the kick to this fight. Josh Miller is actually going to be at his, like, his weight class at 155. He's going to feel comfortable at 155. He's going to, he's not going to have any excess weight. He's going to be faster. He's going to be stronger, a little bit more agile, mobile, hostile. He's going to be a better fighter and a lot more crisp than you've ever seen him. I know that he's training hard because I know that he wants Logan Neal bad. Well, just like Mark said, on the other side of the fence, the grass is the same color. It ain't any greener. Logan has a, had a spark light under him like a fire, like I ain't seen in nobody in a long time. And let me tell you something, motivation 
is one of the biggest damn keys to success. And if you have something, something that's motivate, if you have something that's motivating you right now, you're gonna be you're gonna be fucking unstoppable. And uh, right now, I, I'm just saying right now, if Logan if Logan uh, goes out there and fights like he trains, and uh, and Logan's gonna win this fight. So my pick is Logan Neal. Two to one, the panel goes for Logan Neal. Brings us to our main event. Really pumped for this one. For the vacant VFC featherweight strap, two undefeated prospects go at it. Both these guys are really good, come from really good camps. It's going to be uh, the number one contender, Silas. It's a wrap. Reynolds, 4-0, coming off a big win over Andrew Sturdivant to earn him this title shot, fighting out of Shield Systems there in Knoxville, Tennessee, with a whole host of great training partners like uh, Scott Holtzman and Demir Fropagovich. Amy uh, Coleman, Ben Harrison, of course, will be taking on uh, a guy that we're all very familiar with, and that is Rambo Joe Long, the current reigning uh, Valor 155 champ. He's 5-0, and coming off of a uh, tie win at the last show over Zach Fox, uh, trying to become champ champ. Uh, trains under David Robbins at the American Killer Bees. I am stoked for this fight. Uh, let's start off with Jeff Hobbs. Oh, shit. Um Man, this is one of those you don't want. You don't want to pick against either one of them. Uh, you know, for more reasons than one. One, just you know, fight game, and two, uh, it's hard. It's hard telling two genuinely really good guys that you uh, you know respect and and uh, really like a lot that you don't think they'll be as good as their opponent on 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 the given night. So uh, this is one of those that just it's hurt hurts to pick. Uh, it's hard to pick. But I am going to say, you know, it looks like five and zero against four and zero. But you know, Joseph Long's just got so many combat bouts. Whether it's you know, uh, you know, Thai MMA, he's just got so much experience in, in ring time. He's got cage time. Um, you know, I think his, his experience just far exceeds Silas Reynolds. Um, and without getting too far ahead of ourselves, man, I, I'm just I'm hoping for a really kick-ass fight here a couple months down the road, man, and uh, and I hope it just works out the way that I think for the fans it will. I think we got possibly two really good personalities, so I'm going with what I hope uh, pans out later on in the future. So I'm going Rambo Joe Long. Rambo Joe Long, the pick for Jeff Hobbs. Uh, get really excited for it. Uh, moving on to our next panelist, we'll go to Mark. I feel like Joseph is probably a, a step quicker in everything, also a step better in everything. He's he's got small, more competition. Style is nothing, taking nothing away from him. His, his nickname's awesome, by the way. It's a rapper Reynolds. But I feel like Joseph gets it done on champ champ. Just one. Mark Laws goes with Joseph Long, two to nothing. Is it going to be a clean sweep, Greg Hopkins? All right. Y'all know Joseph's my boy, man, over at Killer V's. Now, I hadn't got to go up and train with him at all for this camp. But, uh, so, like, I can't say, like, anything on behalf of him for this whole fight. But I can tell you that Joseph Long is a very, very, very big 155-pounder. He's a very big 155-pounder. Yeah, this weight cut is going to play a factor. Yeah, and he is cutting down to 145. And people who don't actually actually really don't fucking go out and lose weight like you say you want to do or you should do, if you are already cutting down to 55 and you're shredded at 55, game and you're 55, yeah, and then you want to cut that next 10 pounds off, 
fatigue, fatigue and tiredness, everything sits in like like deep out into the waters. And and here's the key to the fight is I think that Sealess is a natural 45, and um, I think that Sealess is going to have uh, have a tank in this fight that's gonna that's gonna uh, that's gonna go heavy on Joseph. I think that Sealess is going to have an advantage in the uh, in the in the wrestling department on Joseph. I think that Joseph is going to have probably a good, a great, a great side, uh, you know, reach advantage. Uh, I think this is one of the fights. And like I said, Joseph is my boy. And as much as I want to make it a clean sweep, I think that Joseph might have a, a really tough fight on his hands here uh, because you know we, you know, we got to see Joseph. Uh, you know, we got to see Joseph fade in a Muay Thai about last time. Uh, where, who is it that he fought that that, uh, that guy? What was his Jose name? Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez, yeah, and he and that kid, you know, and that kid. I think that him and Sila, uh, I think their MMA styles match each other. And uh, uh, with that being said, I think that may, uh, I think that Joseph may may have a, a problem with that going into the second round, third round, because this fight is going to go to the decision. I don't see it ending. You know, I, I can't see. I may see Joseph get a uh, early submission on the ground if Silas decides to take him down. But like I said, this fight is a, is a coin flip. This is one of the ones I'm guessing on, and uh, I'm making the pick because I'm biased and uh, Joe's my boy. So I'm going to go with Joe because if Silas wins, we get to interview him next week and uh, he can tell us what he thinks. Hey Greg, it's Silas, not Silas. I know you can't ever pronounce the name, but fuck me. It's Silas, okay? Right, I'll get it right. I put some respect on it. I'm sorry, Silas. <laughs> it's a clean sweep, though, for Joseph Long. All three of our uh go that way. I'm super excited for that fight. Super excited for a lot of these fights. We're going to recap them all next week, of course. We'll see how the panelists did in their picks. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, we thank Mark Walls and Jeff Hobbs for joining us this evening, as well as, uh, as of, of course, uh, my co-hosts, Greg Hopkins and Justin Watson. That's going to wrap it up for this week of the Valor Hour, folks. Make sure you tune in this Friday night. That's tomorrow. If you're listening to this thing uh, the day it comes out, which is Thursdays, and wherever you find all your great podcasts, uh, you uh, can make sure you tune in to uh, the VFC 62 card Friday night. If you can't be there live at the Cotton Eye Joe, which I would obviously suggest uh, first and foremost, you can watch it on Flow Combat and hear the sweet tones of Greg Hopkins on commentary as he uh, butchers uh, such simple names as Silas Reynolds and the like. Until then, yeah. I, I am your I'm sorry, I'm your, you're the main damn host. I'm your host, Tim Wally. Signing off till uh, next week. Valor Hour, we're out. This is a crush performance with Jeff Crescell Quick Fix on Radio Influence. When we look at the long-term athlete development programs, I just want to talk here about some of the fundamentals that we need to think about. If you're an athlete looking to chase down a dream and maybe wear your country's flag or get that college scholarship or even that pro contract, there's things you need to think about. And it's never too late. We've seen athletes not start a sport till their late teens and become not just great players or good players, but impact players at the highest level. We've also seen, of course, we know the stories of the young Tiger Wood phenomenons and tennis, Andre Agassi, and you know different sports where they've started young, stuck to one sport their entire lives, and managed somehow to dominate and become the best in the world. There's no one single path for all. 
Uh, but we do know that there are some principles that can increase your odds. Let's talk about it. Crush Performance with Jeff Cruschel can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.